Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Meg Talks, the Irish dance podcast run by me, Megan Kerrigan or Move With Meg, depending on how you know me. So today I've got another special guest for you and it is non-only, non-other than Bonnie Lee Brooks, who is one of our Move With Meg online coaching clients, but also is newly world champion also. So that's amazing. And that is one of the many reasons why I thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation with Bonnie for everybody to here really um we're obviously super proud of you Bonnie and the achievements that you've um made this year and you've reached but also we know a little bit more about how focused driven and committed you are to reaching those goals so for us to have seen you achieve them wasn't really a shock but it's I think it's nice for other people to understand the hard work that goes into sort of reaching the goal it's not about setting a goal and just hitting it it's a lot about what goes on behind closed doors the journey um so yeah that's why I thought it'd be interesting for everyone to have a chat with everyone to have a chat with you me to have a chat with you for everyone to hear today so welcome Bonnie thanks (laughs) (laughs) so first things first I've got a few questions to go through and then um we'll just see where the conversation goes so firstly just tell us a bit about you how old you are, where you're from, how you got into dancing. Just talk to us about yourself a little bit. Yeah, so I'm 22 um, and I was born in East London originally, but I now live in Essex. Um, So I've always sort of loved all forms of dancing and aspired when I was younger, I don't know if you would remember this, Angelina Ballerina. I aspired to be Angelina I, Ballerina. <laughs> well, I'm definitely older than you, but I remember Angelina Ballerina for my little cousin. That shows how old I am. She wasn't around when I was younger, but yeah, cute. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so I absolutely loved Angelina Ballerina and I would stand there on my tiptoes with my hands above my head, doing a little turn. Um, so yeah, I loved that. So from the age of three, I did ballet, tap, modern, street, ballroom and latin you name it I did them all um and at the age of nine I started Irish dancing um and this was for the Maguire O'Shea uh, Academy so I was taught by the OG Mr Maguire and Kathleen Maguire Um, and I sort of yeah um so I became so obsessed with Irish dancing that I literally quit all other clubs I was doing so all the other dancing brownies swimming the lot it all went out the window just for Irish um and I focused just solely on that (laughs) so I think my main reason for sort of quitting everything else was like the quick progression that you get in Irish dancing so I found myself getting quite bored in sort of ballet uh, and tap and stuff but you'd literally just stand there and point your toe and all I wanted to do as I mentioned was pirouettes and jumps like Angelina Ballerina so that's sort of how I fell into it I think. (laughs) You feel like there's just a bit more it's a bit more lively isn't it I suppose Irish dancing there's a bit more 
you just get thrown in yeah and I feel like it's it is quite a quick like progression like you have your easy reel and then you go on to your hard reel you have your advanced reel like it moves up quite quick whereas ballet yeah. just felt like I was just standing there pointing my toe <laughs> for this for for, the, for four years or however long yeah exactly so, listening to that then I didn't realize you, you started quite late then if we think about like in the grand scheme of most Irish dancers um, yeah. you started quite late and so I started when I was seven so a little bit younger than you um how did you find that do you feel like that felt different for you being nine and being a beginner or how was that sort of process and journey for you to be honest I felt like at the time when you're sort of nine you don't really think too much into it you just sort of mm. do it because you love it so I feel like it was more so like the passion that drove me through it yeah. rather than anything else um so yeah it was just sort of my love for dance and I think I feel like all of the other forms of dance I did sort of really helped as well because it wasn't yeah. like I was completely new to dancing as a whole I knew like the basics of like you need to point your toes like all of that sort of things that I would have learned in sort of maybe ballet form. but yeah so I knew all those sort of other aspects but never just in Irish yeah and I suppose the other thing is when you sort of cross over like that from something else but like you've already got the body awareness you already know where your legs are kind of thing um, exactly so you you'd made those sort of mind body connections before um yeah so yeah but I think the one thing the one thing that was different was with the other forms of dancing I hadn't competed and I think that was one of the things that I've always had a bit of a competitive streak so I feel like that was one of the things where like Irish really appealed to me because there was that competition scene so I guess the only thing that would be a bit different would be sort of starting with competing okay Um, that's interesting isn't it and so competition wise what is it that that excited you about the thought of that before you had done it was it the trophies was it the I think for me it's not always really been necessarily the trophies it's more so the fact that the work that you're putting in is sort of like you're achieving something from it rather than you're just putting loads of work in and then you just do an end of your show which is still achieving something but for me I just wanted sort of just more than that (laughs) it's almost like you need like when you put something in when you see something come out it really makes it validate kind of what you've done or makes you feel like it's worth it or encourages you to work hard I suppose it's got loads of different um positives having that competition side of things exactly yeah yeah okay interesting I like it come competitive Bonnie coming out then we'll talk about that a little (laughs) bit further in a minute random one then thrown in next if your friends you like, do you like this one? I gave one of the questions before because I was being <laughs> kind. But if your friends only had three words to describe you, what would they say? Did you ask anyone? Um, No, I just sort of assumed that they oh, would say okay, good things. Okay. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so I went with determined, yeah. um, dedicated, nice. and hopefully funny. Funny. I needed a non-dancing one in there. <laughs> and and one that didn't start with D as well. Exactly. There you go. You sound like me. I love a little bit of alliteration. So, 
first one, remind me. Was determined. Determined, okay. Dedicated. And then the second one. Yep. Yeah, we know that one. And the third <laughs> one, funny. Oh, are you funny now, are you? No pressure. I'd hope so. I'd hope so. <laughs> no pressure now towards the end of this <laughs> podcast. You've got to be making a few people laugh. Okay. No, it's become I a like comedy it. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. I just find that really interesting because we as Irish dancers and what I see a lot, especially when we're working one-to-one with dancers, is I ask them to tell me three things you're good at when you're dancing. They can't answer the question. I struggle to say good things about myself in general. I don't know whether that's me specifically or more the Irish dance world that I grew up in, but I see it a lot in Irish dancers that that being able to say nice things and positive things about ourselves is quite something that becomes a struggle. Um, So that's something that I'm really trying to make a change um, in the Irish dancing world about. So if I had asked that question and said, if you only had three words to describe yourself, Bonnie, what would you have said? Oh, would it have been more difficult? I think so. I feel like I still would have said determined and dedicated. Would you have felt as comfortable saying that out loud if I said, right, give me three words to describe yourself, Bonnie? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> funny isn't it yeah so sometimes it's just I just wanted to use that as a little bit of a a way to help people to be positive more positive or be kinder to themselves especially um when we're working hard or when we don't do as well at class or at competitions sometimes thinking about how you would talk to a friend or how a friend would talk to you is just a better way to um approach the situation Anyway, that was just a little bit of a digression there. So, <laughs> next up, you went from, so it was the, and I want to clarify this, but first, this, the last world championships you danced at was pre COVID. Yeah, it was 2019. 2019, I was right there. Yes. So, 2019, you were second in the world championship. Yeah. And you just there in April. Yeah. Feels like a long time ago. Just there in April, went back and won the world championship, which we were so excited for. Um, what did that journey entail then? So from 2019, obviously load changed. Um, what was that journey like? And was there anything you did or you found that you needed to do to reach that goal? Did anything shock you or surprise you? Talk to us about that journey. Yeah, so I feel like it was quite a tough journey um, with having COVID in 2020 and 2021, not being able to compete in the world's those years. And then in 2022, I changed schools um, to join Royal Tara. And I Mm. had to miss, obviously, that world as well due to being on a ban. Um, but also along the way, I had a lot of injuries, which you'll be yes. sick of me talking about. <laughs> no, I, I find them interesting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a mystery with my injuries half the time. Yes. But yeah, yes. I had a lot of injuries along the way, which 
a lot of people other than you probably won't really know about um mm-hmm. and I actually only came back from injury I think it was two and a half to three weeks before the Worlds yeah um, and that's big thanks to physio Gary for that one yeah um, Gary's <laughs> always in there <laughs> yeah but, um, so I feel like this actually really taught me resilience like focus and drive um, because I was so determined like to reach my goals because mm. I'd had to wait so long for the next world yeah but I just did everything physically possible to make it happen yeah so I'd say the thing that I didn't necessarily realize mm-hmm. that I would need to do would be sort of having to actually push through so many setbacks along the way so yeah. I guess in my head it was more so a case of after the 2019 worlds let's work even harder for the next one and it will just be as easy as that rather Mm -hmm. than realizing that there's a lot more that's out of your control that plays a part in the journey so I think that was sort of a big part of it for me and what was then because there's one thing right we're determined you'd come second you want you you knew what your goal was all these things got in the way most people, most normal people, Bonnie, would be like, right, like, I'm going to have a little day off here because there's loads going on. Don't know when the next time I'm going to dance is. Don't know when the next competition is. All of that. What kept you going then? Because there's one thing being determined. There's one thing having a goal. There's something. There's something in there that's like, most people don't have what what was that what's the missing piece what's the so I think because I feel like winning the world is everyone's sort of dream and goal and it had been it it always had been the ultimate goal that you never Mm -hmm. knew that if you would actually reach it I guess but I was willing to sort of do everything in my power to try and reach it so I think the the setbacks sort of like in during the setbacks I kept that goal in mind of mm-hmm. you've had to wait this long to get here yeah. you're not going to let these setbacks ruin it now yeah and that sort of really spurred me on to just continue doing as much as I physically could yeah without dancing so I wasn't able to dance for like eight or ten weeks or something yeah but I sort of kept up with stuff in the gym um mm-hmm. I carried on with my one-to-one sessions um yeah. kept up with my stretching tried to eat right and yeah. I just sort of thought I don't want to have any regrets after yeah. that oh you could have done this you could have done that but I feel like I genuinely did as much as I physically could under yeah. the conditions and the circumstances and that's it I think like you can hear even when you're talking about it like a lot of people's goal, if you ask most Irish dancers, their goal would be to win the world or their dream would be to win the world. Of course, that's only reachable and feasible for a certain amount. Statistically, like I, I was having a meeting with my business coach and she was like, these are, we were talking about something. And she was like, um, if you want to win the world, you have to do this. And I'm like, oh, I don't like the wording because it's not achievable for everybody. Yes, everyone yeah. wants to aim to that. But. I believe we shouldn't be putting messaging out there like if you do this you'll win the world because winning the world to somebody else might be getting out of prelim that could be like their exactly. equivalent 
Um, but I feel like when I hear you talk about it there, there is like a deeper, I don't know, there's like, I think after that 2019, maybe what I hear is you realised it was actually possible. Yeah, it was so close yet so far. Yeah, so did that sort of click in? Because that happened to me. Yeah, I that's never, what... I never thought, like, I could win the World Championships. And then I came second one year, I was like, oh, could have been, what, six more marks and I could have been the World Champion. And then I think I got that realisation, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, like, no, I think like... I was kind of the same. Like, yeah. I got one of the 100s that year and I was like, oh. I like this like I see how it's going yeah, <laughs> we can work yeah. with this sort of thing yeah. and I thought like there's so much that I've done and put in for the 2019 one but when I stepped back and actually looked at it I was like there is so much more that I haven't done that I yeah. can do yeah and it was just a case of filling those gaps and just mm. again doing everything physically possible yeah and I think like that that's so important what you've said there is like you actually even if you didn't win, you could walk away and be proud because, yes, you might be disappointed, but you did absolutely everything you possibly could have done. There is nothing more you could have done. And I think that that's one of my main messages that I always say to people. And my mom used to say it to me, well, did you do your best? Yeah. Well, then that's all you can do. You've done your job now. You can walk away. You did your best. But that isn't your best. Very easy to be your best on the day. Very easy to give your best on fest day and turn up and give 100% what isn't easy is giving your best when like you said I actually can't dance for eight weeks so giving my 100% that day is very different to being able to give my 100% when the competition is right in front of me and I think that's what you have clearly done um with all of those setbacks and knockbacks that would I've knocked most people completely off off track um yeah so that's something to be really really proud of if uh I feel also age may come into this slightly in the fact yeah. that um we're we're at an age love the way I'm putting myself in the same age <laughs> I agree with you but I feel like this happened to me with university I feel like when you are working and you understand time and money and all of those things a little bit more the investment in yourself pushes you to be more determined I believe would you agree yeah definitely 100% I feel like when you're working you have a lot less time than you would if you was just going to school then coming home going dancing so it makes you realize that the time that you have that's sort of spare you need to use it wisely and invest it in yourself yeah so how do we flip this then because obviously a lot of dancers that will be listening to this or parents that are listening how what would you say to younger dancers that have this dream or this goal from what you've learned in the journey that you had from 2019 to winning the world this year, what would you say to them? How can they learn from what you've experienced and what you've learned? What would you say to them? Um, what advice would you give? 
I think it's important to sort of remember that everyone will have setbacks not all of the world champions or just champion dancers are completely perfect everyone experiences those mental and physical challenges along the way and obviously just because it's not posted on social media and things like that and you don't know it doesn't mean that it's not happening behind closed doors so I think it's important to just remember that everyone was sort of a beginner at one point and everyone has had to work to get to where they are Um, and hard work definitely beats talent when talent doesn't work hard nice little quote oh yeah love that I live by that like it just does like if you don't work hard then like you could have all the talent in the world exactly and it's just thrown away because you're not putting in the effort it will only get you so far and then once you hit a point it's like you're hitting a brick wall and you can't push any further so I think that's the key thing to remember and as well when I was younger and sort of doing feshes and I might not quite reach a goal that I wanted to reach or um yeah just something along those lines where I might be a little bit disheartened coming away from a fesh rather than thinking about it as sort of oh I did rubbish at the fesh like Mm -hmm. and focusing on the negatives my this was actually always my response I'd get in the car and obviously you'd be annoyed with yourself yeah it would be when's the next fesh and I'd make that the next goal so I think keeping the when's the next fesh in your head is always a good point I like that and that that actually really links to a conversation I had with Annabelle um when I was talking about high rock she said um which is like my fitness competition um she was saying there's going to be another one so a, a lot of the times we we take for granted the amount of feshes that we have which said imagine you're an olympic athlete and you're like you you're sprinting and you do a full start and you're disqualified you've you've trained for four years that oh big event and you have to wait four years and you might be not fit enough in four years you might be aged out at that time there might be someone else that will qualify instead of you that next time so really that that really links into the when's the next fest that is so valuable the fact that we have so many of them available to us to refresh restart and set our mind and our focus on something else that's not saying obviously we'd much rather have that next fest than have that four year wait and the mental strain of that. But it just really highlighted to me like, whoa, yeah, we do have a lot of opportunities to help ourselves here or to put ourselves back in the right frame of mind or to set a new goal. Um, so use them. And I think that's, that's a good message, Bonnie. Well done. And you're doing that just naturally as a kid, which is so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's where, that's why I can sort of, almost more confidently say that I know I've always been determined and so like that's how I'd describe it it's just how I am yeah I had this conversation as well yesterday someone was talking about competitiveness in the gym and my (laughs) mum my mum remembers a time I went to my first British Nationals and I mean absolutely clueless we were late my mum put my wig on the wrong way round like I mean this was the story of my life as a dancer by the way with like just chaos right 
didn't know what was happening, didn't realise how big of a deal this special was. Thought I was going to a local <laughs> fest. And there was a big auditorium. I was like, whoa. Anyway, dance. I, I did really well. I think I came like second in one of the solos. I came like sixth in the other. I can't remember where I came overall. Anyway, in the car on the way home, it's been about nine. My mom said, I said, that girl in the yellow dress is never beating me again. And my mom was just like, oh. Just looked in the back. And was like, <laughs> where has that come from? She said, I yeah. just went, oh, okay, and carried on. And that was, again, my own personal determination yeah coming through like you say sort of within a little bit yeah I feel but like there's... sometimes it's like a, a switch just flips and you get that mindset yeah and it I, again it can be developed as well we can fulfill that we try to fulfill that determined yeah. mindset for dancers parents dancing teachers all do the same um but yeah it's like a team thing to try and fulfill that for a dancer um exactly and lots of lots of dancers would go to the oh poor me it wasn't my fault somebody else but relying on your taking responsibility for your actions that day how you dance maybe you dance really well and the result just wasn't there take responsibility still there's always next time to go and set that that goal again so I like that message um so you have a full-time job and your dance school is based in Edinburgh tell me how that works talk us through how you full-time job trained became a world champion with a dancing school that is in however many hours away from you eight hours from the drive Oh gosh, I have no idea. I know it takes like four and a half hours on a train. So there you go. Okay. So talk us through how that works. Um, so I think COVID actually played a big role in making this dynamic work. So mm-hmm. Zoom obviously became very popular in yeah, COVID. We're on Zoom now. Shout out. Woo! <laughs> <Go Zoom>. And <laughs> I'd always sort of really admired the Royal Tara dancers and the school as a whole. Um And pre-COVID, I never really thought that this sort of way of like being taught and being part of a dance school would actually be possible. So the situation is I travel regularly up to Edinburgh for face-to-face lessons with my teacher, Jenna, as well as also traveling over to Northern Ireland to train with the wider sort of Royal Tara family. Um, And in addition to this, I do lessons throughout the week over Zoom. But I'm also working full time in Westminster. Um, And luckily, this is now sort of a hybrid role. So I'm able to work from home a little bit more, which makes it a bit easier, as well as sort of going into the office a few times a week. Um, But to make it work, I have to be really, really organised as it requires a lot more overall preparation and organisation than it does to just sort of, I guess, come home from work or come home from school and just drive to class. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. Like I get to the hall an hour before I start my Zoom lesson to warm up, put the flooring out, make sure everything's set up, have my laptop and camera and everything ready. And it's just a lot of additional work. It's not just a case of let's rock up to class and get on with training. There's like yeah. a lot more that goes into it. And I, I find it quite hard because 
the dancing bit is almost the easiest bit but having to set up rolls of flooring is just horrible but luckily my mum comes with me and I make her do pretty much all of it but (laughs) yes mum shout out to mum for that yeah support that is that's really good support isn't it yeah (laughs) but like that that again that's dedication that's determination most people wouldn't they wouldn't do that and that's the difference that's what sets you apart that's what puts you ahead you will and the other thing is a lot of people would yes commit to doing that in the first place they'd probably be on time and have the floor out and all of that the first three weeks four weeks um we notice this ourselves online coaching people turning up to classes you know yourself when you commit to something, you start something, it's exciting, it's new, it's fresh, it's, I'm going to be early because it's a new teacher. When we get to that familiar, sometimes we sort of, the standards drop. Yeah. The, yeah, the respect isn't as high there. Yeah. All of those things. Whereas, and I can vouch for this, Bonnie is on her call, on a one-to-one call. Like, I think you, I, I don't even know if you've ever cancelled. I don't think I have. I it's always been people. rescheduled if Re- needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, even <laughs> that rarely happens. So, like, there's no messing around when it comes to Bonnie's sessions. She's always there. I, I have no doubt in my mind she'll be there. She's there on time. She's logged in early. I see, I get the email through when you're logged in. So, like, I know what that is definitely a part to play in why you're successful. Because, and they're the bits that people slack on, yet they're the foundation. You wouldn't build a house on stinking sand. Yeah. So you, it's exactly the same thing, isn't it? It's those are the foundations. Do you think that you were taught that? Is that within you? How do you think that comes about? That like, let that, holding yourself to a high level and making sure that everything you do, well, you clearly got a good job. You, like it, it clearly goes across your whole life this, these high standards where does that come from do you think I think it's easier almost as you get older because yes. like we mentioned earlier you sort of hold yourself more accountable to things whereas when you're younger it's more so your parents will sort of take you to dance class and they'll make sure that you're on time whereas when you're older you can't rely on your mum all the time yeah <laughs> you have to actually do it yourself so I feel like the drive and sort of determination and focus that has sort of been instilled in me from a young age um, and is just sort of part of me, I guess, and how I am, that has helped with this. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is sort of getting older and realising that you need to hold yourself accountable and no one's going to do it for you. You've got to yeah. do it for yourself. Yeah. How can that message be relayed to a younger dancer then what how can we flip that because obviously there's a lot of reliance on parents like we mentioned or people to get them yeah. to class and um how what can they take from what you've said and put into place in their own in their own journey from now if they're nine ten yeah so I think when I was younger I'd make sure that I'd get all of my homework done as soon as I got in from school so that was done yeah Yeah. and then it was like because dancing was sort of my outlet I I was bullied a bit in school and things like that so dancing was my outlet 
and right. I just did everything to just get to dancing sort of thing okay. I just wanted to be there for as long as possible so I think making sure that you almost try to organize your own time without having your parents on your back about it so try and get your homework done as soon as you get in from school have dinner mm. and then if you don't have dance class plan a few days and be like right I'm going to stretch on Monday or I'm going to do this and just sort of try and plan a bit of your time a little bit more and set it aside to doing certain things that are going to sort of help you with working towards your goals. Yeah, love that. It's so funny, isn't it? I did exactly the same, but mine probably left off my own back. Yours sounded very like (laughs) I did this because I wanted to. My mum instilled that in us. It was like the rules as well in our house. If you, if my homework wasn't done, I wasn't allowed to go to dancing yeah so that it was a bit almost, like that with me yeah because school came first always um but to me dancing came first so the schoolwork was done do you know yeah um exactly so, but I think that's I think that's really important and I think that made at the time I hated it like Friday I'm like it's the weekend mom she'd be like nope yeah. homework but then the feeling of when I used to hear people at class on Sunday say something like oh I've got to go home and finish my homework I'd be like could think of nothing worse on a Sunday exactly so I'm grateful <laughs> for it afterwards but yeah I think that organization of time is is definitely really important and like you said then having a structure to your week even if you only have class twice a week you can still be doing things and this is where I'm just gonna shout out the movie Bay goal club not only for the there's something there for you to always be doing but actually, we see lots of dancers now and parents messaging us, wow, my child is different. She sets her own alarm to get up for this class because she wants to yep. attend it. So, yeah, not only is it, okay, yes, you're attending a class that's going to benefit your Irish dance, um, like actual dancing, but we're teaching you other things that are going to benefit you for the rest of your life as well, like that structure, organisation comes into play and work for you definitely comes exactly. into play and work for me um yeah so yeah I think that's a really good that's a really good message and a nice way to sort of look not lower it down but uh take it down to dancers that are um younger and still being managed by parents or um <laughs> or guardians at this point Okay, nearly there. A couple more questions then. I just go off on, on little tangents and get excited. <laughs> um, if you were, oh, oh no, how, oh, I was like, I skipped a question. How do you find, how did you find Movies Meg? I actually don't know the answer to this. I, I might do when you answer it. How did you find <laughs> Movies Meg in the first place? How long did it take you to sort of decide after finding us that you wanted to do one-to-one coaching? And what did you expect? to gain from it so I originally found you on Instagram I think it was when you first sort of set up and we're doing those in-person workshops oh um, yeah and I followed like a few of the people that attended and sort of they were sharing it on their stories as well so I followed you from sort of that point and I also used to do some of your workouts in COVID yeah. so in COVID I got really into my fitness so it wasn't just sort of moving make workouts I like started like Joe Wicks and things like that I feel like we had nothing to do in COVID so I just I couldn't go dancing so I just wanted to do some form of fitness so yeah yeah, I sort of got really into that and then after following you for like sort of 
that time throughout COVID, mm-hmm. when we sort of came back to dancing, I thought like this fitness is a big part of Irish dancing. So I signed up for the one-to-one coaching waiting list. And then I guess here I am now. There um, you go. But there were sort of some aspects of my dancing that I felt were holding me back and had been something that I would sort of get told about for years. And I wanted to change that. And I thought like from following you and all of the things that you do with dancers, I just felt like you guys would be able to help. Yeah. So that's what you, is that kind of what you expected, like to be able to change those things or to get a better understanding? Yeah. So I feel like I didn't have the knowledge there to know what exactly I needed to put in place to improve certain areas of my dancing. Whereas Mm. you guys are like professionals with sort of like, PT and just everything like the bar classes all of that so you had such a like wealth of knowledge yeah I just felt like by joining I would be able <laughs> to learn from that too hopefully yeah, they'll hopefully. know <laughs> Bonnie still comes to me comes to me with things she's like this kind of hurts when I do that and I'm like right you're confusing me now that doesn't make sense to me yeah <laughs> but we work it out in the end don't we we usually get yeah. along the right lines um and do you feel like that is what you gained from it? Or how how was that sort of initial start to sort of where you are now? Because this is that's been like you've been training with us for a year over a year over a year? Yeah, it's longer than that. Over a year. Yeah, way over a year. Yeah, I think it's about that now. So that's a crazy. long time. <laughs> yeah. So what how was that start and why do you think it's important that you you that you still do it what's that um, I think some people I think... sorry shouting over you again no people, go for it oh yeah I'll just book in for I want to get my knees straighter so I'll just book in for four sessions and we'll work on getting my knees straighter what how come we're 18 months down the line and you're still turning up weekly without cancelling <laughs> yeah um well first of all you're all very knowledgeable um, and supportive and very passionate about sort of making me and all of the other Move With Make clients like the best dancer that we can be. Yeah. And I feel like having that support and that person to go to who's got the knowledge of mm-hmm. how the body works and this might be why this is hurting or this might be the reason for that. It's just helpful in minimising those sort of long list of injuries that I've got Um, and I think from a young age we there wasn't this knowledge there um so we didn't look after our bodies so definitely the younger dancers need to look after their bodies from now because I'm telling you when you get to when you get to 22 it's all downhill wait till you get to 31 and you're trying to (laughs) still try to be an athlete I think yeah. Megan, my body's saying, right, your time's gone, Megan, right, sit down now, will you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that, it, it does make such a difference. The knowledge that we have now to be able to minimise injury, to be able to keep dancers dancing without having to take six months breaks because they've got a stress fracture or things like that. Just building those the strength up um, mobility-wise and just, yeah, helping dancers to understand their own body is one of my most passionate things because I think I now get it to the point of I always wish I almost wish I could go back 
yeah and do no I don't almost finish I wish I could 100% <laughs> go back and do my competitive dance career again because yeah. I know that I'd take it more seriously if I had a better understanding yeah. and I think that's why I'm so passionate about making you understand what this stretch is for because when you've got a why you've got a much bigger reason to do something if I just said do this stretch every day and your legs will get higher do this stretch every day because it will develop length within the hamstrings it will allow the joint to move better like yes in those terms it probably sounds confusing but when I try to show you and it clicks it's like right yeah then you want exactly. you want to do it more right <laughs> yeah definitely um sorry again just off on a tangent because I get excited um <laughs> So if you were to do, this isn't me trying to big myself up either, talk about somebody else in this because I get awkward. But if you were to describe your move with Meg coaches to someone who knows nothing about the Irish dancing world, what would you say or how would you describe like the role that we, how we fit into it almost? So I'd say that you are very, well, you and all of the other coaches yeah. are very passionate about Irish dancing mm-hmm. and making everyone the best dancer that they can be by sort of pulling together all of the aspects that make up a good dancer. So it's not just about the dancing, it's about mm-hmm. like the fitness and the stretching. And it's like a ballet dancer doesn't just do a ballet class. Like there's so yeah. many components to it. And I feel like you really bring that all together. And obviously you're all very knowledgeable and very, very supportive 24-7. Like, do you remember at the Worlds when I was panic texting (laughs) you? (laughs) Yeah, we love a panic text. We we see them coming through. Sometimes we get a text and we're like, okay, I'll reply to that tomorrow. But when those ones come through, you know, it's got to be a, got to be an instant response. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what's nice as well about us having the team, um, it means that we can have that sort of more full-bodied support network because that relying on that from one person constantly when it was just me was really tough because I wanted to give that amount of support but I also needed that downtime to be able to re-energize to come back and be my best self so I think shout out to the team for like we really do if I'm not there to respond I know that one of my team will respond in the exact way I would to support you guys as well. So, um, yeah, that's something that we're really big about, like giving that full-bodied sort of support. Um, Oh, that's nice. I I got a little bit emotional then. Um, (laughs) Okay, coming, tying it all up to an end then. So your final, if you had one piece of advice, now this is hard, one piece of advice, to the young dancers listening that have got big Irish dance dreams, what would that one piece of advice from a world champion be? <laughs> um, so I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I definitely say, and I've always lived by this, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So if you're willing to put in the time and effort and sort of organise your time without your parents nagging you, and just putting in that effort yourself and holding yourself accountable, you really can achieve anything that you set your yeah. mind to. So it's just yeah. a case of putting that into action. That little bit. Yeah. And I think like 
like you just said, putting those things into action without your parents having to nag you. It's your dream. It's your goal. Exactly. Your parents, if you want it bad enough. And your parents will do, or most parents, Irish dance parents, will do anything. So if you say to them, mom, I need to go to the other side of the world to do this. Like, they would try their absolute best to fulfill your goal. Yeah. But they can only do so much. I often see parents doing all the work and the kids yeah. or the dancers not pulling their weight in the in the bargain. Yeah. It will never work. You can have the best dress. You can have the best teacher. You can have the best facilities. You can have the best shoes. You can have the best of everything. But if you don't put that effort in and you don't hold yourself accountable as the actual dancer, then yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work, does it? Um exactly. and I think that's really important. And I think um I'm a I don't know what word to use. I've lost I've lost the word that I'm looking for, but I had to work really, really hard and I had some natural talent, like I had natural life or energy I think that still people wouldn't be shocked if I said that from what <laughs> I can see now I people said that when they my first dancing teachers said like when they saw me they were like that she's going to be great but then I've also been told I wasn't a natural dancer so there was something which I think now looking back at videos and stuff was energy for me like there was a bit more life and I just a bit I'm a bit wild like still am um <laughs> but the natural turn I've got straight feet I've got turn I've got turned in left foot my dance oh, teacher no. Rose listened to this she would be like yes she does I had that slight bend in the knees where I was really straightening my leg but my knees looked bent I had a gap in my leg so all of those things are I wasn't natural I had to really really work to look like my feet were turned out had to really really work through all those things but like you said early, but earlier, Bonnie, I knew what I wanted and I wasn't letting them stop me. Exactly. But there was really insanely talented dancers. It, it took me a little bit longer to get there, but we just didn't stop till we got there, did we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, not giving up when times get hard, overcoming those setbacks, but determination and then just reminding yourself of the reason the why, yeah. I think that's a big one. Yeah, Look definitely. I just noticed we're both... Uh, oh, matching. We're both, we're ma- we've got matching jumpers on now. We're both in our little Adidas jumpers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, that, I think that's been a really interesting and valuable conversation for many, for everyone to listen to. Um, I'm going to share a bit of a, a bit of goth here that Bonnie listened to Kyra's episode of Meg Talks over and over so hopefully some little dancers out there will be listening to this one over and over because it inspired them and made them realise that they can do it or gave them a few tips and tricks to use along the way Um, so thank you so much for joining us Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, no, it was really good wasn't as scary as it seemed no (laughs) but yeah we're absolutely delighted thank you for sharing your time with us and for helping to inspire younger dancers and we will uh be sharing this 
so you can listen to it yourself and share it with mom and physio so that they can listen to their shout out. Um, Gary's got us to hear it. <laughs> Gary's got a listen in to hear he's, that. He's yeah. got a he's got a wall of fame in his physio place, and I'm go going up there. That yeah. actually that was one of the things that spurred me on with keeping the goal in mind because he said to me, "We don't put second place on the wall." So, oh, Gary, yeah. brutal, yeah. <laughs> but honest, honest but brutal. Love mm. that. So you can get that photo printed and get it up there quick. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can inspire someone else to not come second. Yeah. <laughs> Brill, thanks so much, Bonnie. Thank and I'll you. See you next week. Yep. See you then. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at Move with Meg with two G's. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash fesh day warm up to access your free video. See you next time.